and thank you for tuning in to Connections and Directions, our University of Michigan Civil and Environmental Engineering podcast. My name is Michelle Santillian, and I am the CEE Marketing Communications Specialist and host of this series. During our podcasts, we are featuring members of our CEE community and how their work reflects our mission of engineers in service to society. We will be highlighting our strategic directions and our commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. CEE's five strategic directions are human habitat experience, shaping resource flows, adaptation, automation, and smart infrastructure finance. Today we're here with Zachary Jerome, who's a PhD student in transportation studies under Dr. Henry Liu in civil engineering. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. How do you see yourself fitting into with the strategic directions or aligning your research with the strategic directions in CEE? Yeah, so I was looking through the website last night and I was trying to think, you know, how do me and uh, myself and the rest of the colleagues in the Michigan Traffic Lab sort of fit into that? And I think generally our research kind of fits in the automation category. Uh, so we're focused on leveraging vehicle connectivity and automation to improve our transportation systems. And connected vehicle and infrastructure data allows us to pursue new methods for automating traffic operations that were not previously available. Uh, so this is important because a lot of traffic management a uh, centers or agencies don't have the resources to monitor and improve traffic signal timing, for instance. Um, so while data is providing a whole new suite of analytical tools and unprecedented monitoring capabilities, uh, we are leveraging those tools to sort of generate automated procedures for um, uh, evaluation and, uh, you know, optimization and actual operation procedures. Um, the other thing I noticed going through the website that I thought was really interesting was there's specific language in there about testing new technologies and methods at full scale in realistic operational environments. And we'll probably get into this later, but this is one of the things that really attracted me to Michigan and specifically working with Dr. Henry Liu is there's a lot of emphasis on implementing our research in the real world. Um, and there's some other language here about we are breaking down traditional barriers between laboratory and field to accelerate research into practice by forming new partnerships with industry, government, and other stakeholders. Uh, and so I think, you know, those two quotes that I pulled, that's really how I see myself fitting and then just the rest of my colleagues that uh, work in the Michigan Traffic Lab. Um, and Michigan Traffic Lab is what we call ourselves, the, the, the lab that Dr. Henley Liu uh, runs in the Civil Engineering Department. Um, but yeah, we're really big on how can we implement our uh, research in the field. And because of that, we have a lot of cool partnerships with industry, you know, government and other stakeholders. Yeah. So that really ties into CE's mission as being engineers in service to society. And basically, um, you were saying that the real world um, implementation of that strategic direction is what drew you. Can you give me an example of a project you're working on that is happening um, in the real world and in society to to benefit everyone today? Yeah, so, you know, specifically one thing that I worked on was uh, I have a, a paper that I published mm, last year, two years ago, I forget. It was specifically on timing yellow light signals. 
um, and we had some data. I don't know if people remember the the audit. There was the Ann Arbor Connected Vehicle Test Environment. So that was a a test project that Umtree had. Um, I think it was Umtree, maybe together with CCAT. I don't remember exactly the the partnership, but there were about 2,500 personal vehicles that were equipped with these onboard units uh, that would register, um, you know, GPS tracking and speed and that sort of thing. Uh, so, um, yeah, so these was all volunteer based, or there might have been some compensation if you were part of the study, if it was a personal vehicle. So it was around, it was 2,500 vehicles. We estimated maybe around like 3% of Ann Arbor's traffic in total. But anyway, because I had these trajectories, I was able to actually uh, monitor and sort of evaluate actual behaviors through intersections. And we used that, those trajectories to sort of figure out how to time yellow lights. Um, and we, we, the paper was basically just some suggestions to consider specifically on left turns, uh, was that study because, um, you know, yellow lights, not to get too into the details, but the yellow lights, when you time it, you know, basically want to make sure that you have enough time. If, if you can't stop, you want to make sure that there's enough time for the vehicle to cross the stop bar if they can't stop. Well, when you're doing a left turn, you have to slow down to prepare for your turning maneuver. So that means if you can't stop, you need more time. Um, and there were never really any real-world studies that evaluated this. Uh, so because we had these trajectories from real-world vehicle data, we were able to actually measure um, the vehicle behavior through the intersection. So. Yes. Okay, so that's an excellent example mm -hmm. um, of, uh, of something that you're able to implement um, or that can have real-world benefits for, mm -hmm. for people. Um, how do you see DEI being incorporated in the department, not necessarily specific to a class or, or a research area? Yeah, so um, this is another thing I was thinking about, about yesterday, um, kind of preparing for this. Um, you know, one thing I think is, I, I think the new faculty hires reflect this. Um, it reflects a targeted effort to consider this and bring more diversity to the CE faculty. Um, and I remember when I first came, I'm a third year PhD, when I first came here, that was right around the time the DEI committee initiatives, I think, were starting. I remember there being a lot of uh, uh, language and, and programs directed towards this initiative. So I just think the, 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 the initial incorporation of this has been pretty strong. There's a definitely a concerted effort, uh, targeted effort, I should say, towards this. Um, but other than that, like, I think specifically, um, you know, one of the reasons I really like Michigan, University of Michigan and the, C the CE department in general is because um, we're very committed to being the best engineers we can possibly be and the best program we can possibly be. And I think a natural outgrowth of that is, well, we want the best people to be here, right? And so uh, because of that, um, we need to be diverse in, you know, the backgrounds that we're in including. Uh, and so that drive to be really good or to be the best program we can be, the best engineers we can be, um, kind of naturally leads to a diverse environment that we experience. So, and to give a specific, you know, in my lab, um, even though we're in the civil department, uh, in my lab, I think I'm the only actual civil undergrad. Um, so we have undergrads from automotive engineering. Or, well, we have master's students who got their undergraduate degrees in automotive, computer science, um, and so there's a lot of different backgrounds just in terms of educational level. And uh, that's really important, not just educationally, but, you know, different diverse backgrounds in terms of, um, you know, where you're from. Uh, because 
you know, just simple things like identifying what the problem is um, uh, can be changed by that. Um, because, you know, if you get a civil engineer, uh, a computer scientist, uh, and an automotive engineer on the room, it'll take us a while to actually, like, we all have different ideas of what the problem is. Um, so just even that is good because we have a more targeted effort um, into sort of identifying those problems. So, yeah, I would say just, you know, Michigan CEE, our drive to become a really good department, um, you know, as time goes on, I think will naturally mean that we are uh, trying to be the best we can be. Uh, and that in- includes the DEI initiatives that are natural from that. Yeah. And some of the additional items, such as um, MITSO, the Michigan um, student, the Michigan, Michigan Transportation, Transportation Student, student Organization. Organization. Yeah, it's a mouthful. <laughs> um, with MITSO, um, tell me a little bit about that and your involvement with the organization. Yeah, so MITSO um, is is a student interest group. So it's open basically for anyone at the university, not just CEE. Um, uh, to who's interested in transportation engineering specifically. Um, it's open to anyone um, to come. And we, what we basically try to do is give people um, connections to formulate a transportation engineering career. And the reason this kind of came up, I think, is because, you know, transportation, we don't have a specific department. We're within CE. Um, but because of that, there's a lot of outside things that, um, could be useful, like different professional societies, for instance, um, you know, directing students into different classes they can take or different seminars that are available. Uh, so that's a huge thing that we try to do. So the other thing that we do is we lead um, sort of technical tours. So we've done we've done M City, um, we've done uh, the Southeast Michigan Transportation Operations Center (SEMTOC). Um, uh, we're going to the Detroit airport in a couple weeks to take a tour. Um, so those are, those are sort of things. Uh, and one of the things, um, so specifically how I serve, I'm the president this year. Uh, I was elected last April and so my term is is almost up. But one of the things, um, I really wanted to do was, um, sort of improve our relationships with industry and the field. And that came through professional societies. Um, so the Institute of Transportation Engineers, uh, is a pretty, um, well-known, uh, engineering society and uh, internationally well-known society. So I sort of, uh, we had contact with them a couple of years ago about creating a chapter, but this, this year we sort of, um, really made that connection. We have an official chapter now. And so my, my vision for Mitso moving forward is, excuse me, that it'll be a host to these professional societies because ITE student chapters are very common in a lot of other, um, universities across the country. Um, so we'll have a Michigan University of Michigan IT student chapter that's housed within within MITSO. Um, and uh, so yeah, so, so MITSO, like I have a summary here is you know explore different professional academic research and mentorship opportunities. And so if I had to summarize it, you know, our main goal is just to connect students with all those different opportunities in, within transportation. Yeah. Okay. And if you had a pearl of wisdom to share with a prospective student who is considering the University of Michigan for CEE, what would that be? And I know you said that you had a, a number of reasons why you yourself chose oh, yeah. the university. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you'd like to share those now. Yeah, yeah. So um, in terms of the, the pearl of wisdom um, from my experience here, I'll answer that first. I think, I think my first year... Um, 
there was a lot of imposter syndrome. I think that's pretty common for a lot of graduate students as they start, you know, how do I fit in here? Um, do I belong here? Do I have contributions? Um, and eventually, I don't know if my professor said this directly or I just kind of got the hint from a general thing he said, but basically the general idea was, you know, he, uh, he gave me an offer to come here because he believed that I had unique um, strengths that would benefit the university. Um, so especially if you're considering here and you're, you're, you know, you've gotten an offer or um, you're not, but you're not sure, like maybe, you know, you'll fit in here. I just encourage, you know, don't discount your own intuition and ideas. Um, you were given an offer to the program because someone believed in your potential to contribute. Um, and that's something I think I still like wrestle with even as a third year. Um, but that's something I constantly remind myself is there are people that believe in you and they didn't come here. They didn't bring you here just to sort of learn facts and regurgitate them. Um, they, they brought you here because you have, uh, something valuable to bring to the department and, you know, our job, you know, our job as a department is to awaken that within you or to encourage you to research your own ideas and to find, uh, to bring your own contributions. So that would be my wisdom, uh, in turn, or my, you know, my pearl of wisdom, I guess is what we're calling it. So, um, in terms of like why I chose Michigan specifically, um, you know, it had a lot to do with, you know, the real world research, implementing in things in the real world, the connections that, um, especially in transportation, I'll speak specifically in, once you get to grad school, it's a little bit more, uh, I feel like the depart, the, the areas of civil are a little bit more targeted, right? So my area is very, I'm very transportation heavy is my, what I'm, what I'm about to say in terms of my recommendations is has a lot to do with transportation, right? Uh, but just the, you know, we have M city, we have Umtree, uh, university of Michigan transportation research Institute. Uh, we have CCAT, the center for connective automated transportation. There's a lot of opportunities, a lot of funding, uh, available to students and all that stuff attracted to me. And then obviously we're in Southeast Michigan. Um, there's a lot of, automotive development happening uh, research and development and manufacturing happening here um, and especially with transportation you know with the rise of automated vehicles and connected vehicles um, you know the the lines between transportation engineering and vehicle manufacturing are becoming a lot less a lot more blurred so they're a lot more integrated um, so those are all things that attracted me and then just dr henry Liu, you know his research his his expertise and his just his desire to um, you know, he's always asking us, what's the direct impact of our research? Um, so that's that drive to, you know, in the next five years, how is our research going to impact, right? So sort of the short-term research view is something I was really interested in. Um, you know, we do a lot of theoretical stuff, but um, there's still a lot of direct uh, applications in the near future um, that I'm interested in. Um, and then, you know, obviously U of M has a great, uh, a lot of prestige in the in the in, in the country and in the world. Um, a lot of people know what UM is. Um, that was a big attractor, um, and they just have a lot of connections. Um, even with Mitso, it's very easy to find people that want to come speak. <laughs> a lot of different speakers who are eager to come speak with us and give us advice. So, um, yeah, and uh, Ann Arbor. Uh, Ann Arbor is a great place to live. Um, I really love it here. So. Uh, I might, I, you know, I love it so much. I might, I probably will stay here, uh, after I graduate. Um, so just 
it's a great place to live if anyone's considering uh, Michigan. So those are all my all my thoughts on on why you should choose UM. <laughs> and saying that, how do you see yourself then parlaying your education into being an engineer in service to society? Ultimately, where would you see yourself ending up? Yeah, so I'm not I'm not totally sure yet like where like in terms of job specifics, um, I know that I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably like to go into industry. Um, I know I'm studying a PhD, but I'm not, I'm pretty sure I don't want to stay in academia. Um, my, my role in terms of engineering and services society, I think would be to be sort of on that edge of implementation, um, sort of connecting research that's coming out of university here and, and moving towards how do we implement that in the world uh, right away. Um, and I, and I kind of wrote it like three sort of, I wrote down here like three ideas on how to make that happen. Right. And these are something that I've learned, I guess, over my course at, at, at Michigan, you know, there's responsible study, there's communication with the public, and then there's dissemination of my knowledge. Right. So the first step is the identification of problems through study and communication with the public, uh, with the public. So, you know, we're all, we're studying PhDs. We do a lot of studying. We have a lot of knowledge of different problems, um, but we also need to communicate with the public. We can't be in our labs all day. Uh, we can't be in our office all day. Um, so going out there and transportation is really easy because you, t- you, <laughs> you talk to people all the day, all the time that are operating or, or interacting with transportation on a regular basis. So it's not that hard <laughs> to go out and talk to the community about, about transportation problems. But, you know, identifying the problem is half the battle identifying the right problem is half the battle with what we're what we're talking about so that's the you know the first one and then you know having a phd you know expertise or area and that or knowledge and how to find the expertise is almost just as important uh, to solve that problem and then once you have that you know that's the clear communication of that expertise with the public because you might have the best solution ever it might be so you know it might be clear to you that this is the best idea ever but if the public doesn't get it or they don't understand what you're doing or or maybe not the public but the people that would be implementing your research uh agencies government officials uh industry whoever it might be if they don't understand how your work how your research works or they don't understand directly the benefits of it then it doesn't really mean anything so in terms of engineer and service to society um you know, if we want to be a service to society, we have to understand society and we have to communicate with society. So those are those are kind of my, my answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Um, you know, um, no, I don't I, I don't think so. I'm looking through my notes here. But, um, yeah, I, I think in general, again, I really like Michigan CE because there's a huge push or I feel the push, particularly in my lab. Um, to do real-world implementation, and I really like that because um, I think it's easy in academia sometimes to get wrapped up in theoretical research, and uh, which is all important. Don't go, don't get me wrong, but um, you could spend a whole, you know, PhD and never see the direct impacts of your research in the world, and uh, that works for some people. Doesn't work for me, so that's why I really like it here. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thank you for listening to our podcast conversation. For more information about CEE at Michigan, 
please visit our website at cee.umich.edu. You can also reach our YouTube channel and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages from our website.